0: I'm Jonathan Platt, and you're listening to Direct Line Conversations, the podcast. Nobody makes it to the top alone. Now, you don't even have to try. Your journey to a life filled with purpose and leadership fueled by confidence begins right now. This week, my guest is 2021 Hall of Fame Distinguished Alumna honoree Melissa Rogers. Melissa is a nationally known expert on religion and American public life. Her areas of expertise include the United States Constitution's religious liberty guarantees and the interplay of religion, law, policy, and politics. She's previously served in the Obama administration in various roles, as a visiting professor at Wake Forest University School of Divinity, and as a non-resident senior fellow at the Brookings Institute. Recently, President Joseph R. Biden appointed her executive director of the White House Office of Faith-Based and Neighborhood Partnerships. Thanks so much for joining me to hear Melissa's fascinating story and celebrate her together as a Baylor family. Here's my interview with distinguished alumna, Melissa Rogers. Melissa, I've uh, had the opportunity to read your bio and, and collect a few stories about you. Um, And just learn uh, about what your life has been like but for those who don't know you, um, I want to give you space to introduce yourself beyond just the 300 words in the program so could you tell us what your life has been like, um, and what you're up to right now.
1: Sure. Well, um, I guess I should start with the fact that I come from a family that has gone to Baylor going back to my grandfather, and so many generations, um, both before me and after me, have been involved with Baylor, so it's a special treat to be able to be with you and uh, enjoy this evening with you all, and uh, so my parents also went to Baylor, and so when I got ready to go to college, it was uh, not much of a hard Decision for me, um, I knew where I would be going, and um, and of course that's a shared family tradition, which is really nice. And when I went to Baylor, I was just uh, so impressed with all the people who took a personal interest in students, including professors. Um, you know, very care- kind and caring, and that was really remarkable. Um, I got, then after I went to Baylor, I went to University of Pennsylvania Law School and met my husband in a law firm in between um, our second and third year of law school. He went to another law school and then we got married right after law school and moved to the Washington DC area where we've been ever since. And we have two boys and, um, my uh, parents uh, continue to uh, be thriving and live in North Carolina, and this year has been tough for everyone, but uh, blessedly, we've had few bumps in the road, um, so I'm
0: really, really grateful. Yeah, and and tell me, I, I don't want to give away uh, your spoils of victory, so tell me about uh, what your career looks like right now and what it's looked like for the past few years.
1: Well, it's, um, I've had wonderful opportunities over the years to work on the intersection of religion, law, public policy, and public life more generally. And so, you know, I've had any number of jobs, but I've been doing that wherever I've been, just sitting in different uh, seats doing that kind of work. And so, you know, what I came out of Baylor knowing was that I had an interest in both religion and public affairs. I didn't feel called to the ministry, but I felt called to work on those issues. And I wondered when I went to law school, will I be able to work on these issues professionally, or will they just continue to be, you know, an area of interest of mine that I pursue uh, non-professionally? And To my surprise, I found that I could work in this area professionally. And after I spent a little bit of time at a big law firm in Washington, D.C., I walked into the Baptist Joint Committee for Religious Liberty and started doing pro bono work. And then that turned into a full-time job. And so I'm always very grateful to the Baptist Joint Committee for giving me my start in this area. And then since then, I've just worked in many different um, jobs Working on those issues. And they're complex, they're important, they're sometimes very difficult and sensitive. So it's never been a dull moment.
0: And uh, you've you've worked in the Obama White House. Uh, could you talk about that just a little bit?
1: Yeah, I had I had the wonderful opportunity to first chair an advisory council for President Obama on faith-based and neighborhood partnerships, a very diverse advisory council, people of many different views. And I found that to be, just a wonderful experience in part because we were able to find so much common ground across our differences and make recommendations to the president, many of which he embraced and then implemented. And then later, um, really, to my surprise, I ended up working in the White House um, for President Obama for four years during the second term. And, you know, that was an amazing honor and challenge. And um, for someone who you know, not only I've already mentioned my love of the issues at the intersection of faith and public affairs, and of course, love of my faith, um, and being a history buff and a political buff, um, you know, what better opportunity could you have to be able to see history unfold in that way at the White House? So I'm terribly grateful for that wonderful opportunity. And I I forgot to
0: to ask, uh, what was your major and concentration at Baylor? I was a history major. You were a history major? Very yes. Were your classes in Tidwell? Many classes
1: in the Tidwell Tower of Power. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you know, they're renovating it right now. It's a, I know. It's a I shell was back. Of a building.
1: I was back not long ago and I saw that they were renovating it and I thought, well, that's probably a good idea, but I hope they hold on to all the wonderful historical uh, aspects of that beautiful building.
0: Yeah, I I was uh, trying to track down a professor uh, who seems to be dodging my emails just uh, maybe a few months ago, and I thought I'd go maybe leave a note on his door or something, and got to Tidwell and totally forgotten that there's nothing inside Tidwell right now. So it's right. uh, it's it's very interesting to watch uh, such a you know it's been neat at my time at Baylor to see the campus grow so much. Oh yes, what's, it's what's,
1: just expanded. It's it's exponentially. a totally different
0: place. Yes, right. Um, so it's especially neat to see them go back to a place that has such storied history and holds such a special place in so many students' heart and for them to uh, to replenish that instead of just adding, more big miraculous beautiful buildings. It's so
1: neat. Yes, because they really I mean a building like Tidwell um, and I'm sure I'm biased, but they don't just build buildings like that anymore. So mm-hmm. you want to hang on to that history while of course making needed, you know, uh,
0: renovations. Yeah. If we're not careful, we're going to go off on a Baylor history tangent. I know. I know that would, yeah, that would I be know. fun. That would be fun. So, so while we're on the topic um, of Baylor, I wonder if uh, you can recall or, or, or name any of the people who were especially um, important to you and your growth as a student and who have served maybe still today as, as mentors or role models or inspirations um, from your days at Baylor.
1: Well, there's so many, and this is dangerous because, you know, the, they're the cast of thousands that I could set and name, but um, I I think immediately of a couple of names. One is Dr. Rufus Spain, a um, wonderful Baylor legend and, um, you know, a dear, dear uh, mentor, um, and then also Robert Baird, uh, who really helped me to begin to think about Issues in new ways, um, and I really admired and continue to admire his uh, ability to communicate thoughts clearly and thoughtfully. Uh, so, you know, those are two names that come immediately to mind, in addition to so many others.
0: Are you are you still in touch with many of your um, classmates or, or or colleagues that you had while you were at Baylor?
1: Yes, I am. Um, you know i don't many of them live in texas or in nearby states so i don't get to see them as often as i would like but i am in touch with many friends and in fact i was just enjoying this uh christmas i my former roommate and i have exchanged christmas cards over the years uh, but this year, she took time to write a lengthy letter and, and stuck it in the envelope, which she really had. She has children and we're all busy. But I just was so touched to, because, you know, we'd been exchanging the Christmas cards, but we hadn't gotten to really catch up on each other's lives. So this was a really nice Christmas surprise and getting that letter from her. That
0: is special. That is, yeah. yeah. Um, one of the things that I've picked up over the years is how incredibly small the world is once you go to Baylor. Have right. you, in in your career and in your success, have you come across people and later found out that they went to Baylor? Have you worked with any especially Absolutely. You know, important people in your career?
1: Absolutely. There were people working in the Obama administration that also went to Baylor we didn't necessarily go to Baylor at the same time but we overlapped uh, in the White House and that was or in the administration more broadly and that was always fun uh, the there are just tons of Baylor people in Washington Washington DC area and so whenever we have a get-together in DC it's really fun to see you know the not only the number of people the range of the ages and the range of of professions and the range of, you know, different um, ideas about how Washington should be run. So we, we have good conversations. And I think it's a good sort of microcosm of, you know, different perspectives held in good faith um, that we try to join with one another in, in discussions. And so, you know, it's always a very affirming and constructive kind of gathering whenever that happens.
0: I'm gonna make it up to one of those. That just you should, too, yeah. Too there's cool. some
1: really great ones that you wouldn't want to miss. And there's just never a dull
0: moment. I believe it. Yeah. <laughs> so so continuing on from mentioning the Baylor family and just how it can go from a few professors and, and a, a young student into a whole worth of connections and networks and, and ultimately a, a family. Um, what does it mean to you? to receive the, the highest honor that the Baylor family can bestow upon an alumni.
1: Well, it was quite a surprise and quite an honor when I heard about this award and you know one never feels worthy of, of such an award. Uh, so you know that was uh, that was a great a great shock to me but um, you know it's one of the things that I thought of immediately is just, how much Baylor has meant and continues to mean in my life. I mean, it shaped me not only as person, but it shaped my ideas about what I might be able to do in the world. And so, you know, I owe Baylor so much in terms of setting me on the path that has been very fulfilling. So I look at it less as, you know, something honoring me personally, but honoring what can happen when you have a caring environment of professors and students and administrators all trying to maximize what we can do in the world to make everyone's life more abundant. And so it's that shared network and care and concern that can really enrich our lives so deeply. And that's part of the precious legacy of Baylor that I know we always want to hang on to, to be that nurturing place. So that's what I see. The award is, is the award for the network and the nurturing that comes from Baylor that's so special.
0: Melissa, that may be my favorite answer that I've ever <laughs> heard. That is so, so wonderful. I well, think it's, ter- it's certainly heartfelt. <laughs> I, I 100% believe it. So my, my last question um, before we wrap up, Uh, is, it's about your success, um, but it's about the challenges that you have faced in your success. And uh, anyone who uh, pursues as lofty goals and and vision and and has such determination as you uh, is inevitably going to have to work through some adversity. And so if you could maybe talk about what that adversity has done for you, and then um, If you can, could you leave some advice for current Baylor students or or recent graduates who are interested in pursuing uh, with that same determination, uh, high, high, lofty goals, uh, big vision, and and who have just enormous futures ahead of them?
1: Great. Yeah, I think one thing that I've realized over the years is and it's not rocket science, is how important it is to listen to people, truly listen to them, especially when they're challenging your ideas or, you know, your beliefs because our instinct is to get defensive and that makes it hard to listen. So, you know, everybody struggles with this. And I think it's just really important to listen to people in, in good faith and with, with um, you know, a cheerful spirit, if at all possible, to those who differ with you, either because, you know, they have a different background, they have different beliefs, they have different views on uh, world issues or issues important to our nation. It's so important to listen to people because invariably you're going to learn something. Important. You may you may not change your views, but you're going to learn something important, and maybe you can change some of the way that you express your views, that might help people, other people, hear you better, um, and know what you're trying to say, and avoid things that would be, um, you know, distracting to people who differ from you, and also to just communicate that that good listening spirit and that spirit of hopefulness. Because, you know, it's no secret that in our country right now, there's deep polarization. And we sometimes have gotten in our silos and don't interact with people who differ from us at all, and certainly don't listen to them. And, you know, I really do believe that there's much more that unites us than divides us. And we'll find that if we listen to one another. And um, one of my favorite sayings recently is uh, Arthur Brooks, who talks about, You'll never insult someone into agreement. So let's stop with the insults and let's start listening and let's try to build on the common ground that we do share to find it and um, build on it. That's just such an important message for all of us right now. And then for students, I think um, looking toward their future, a, a tip I like to give them is to say find some people who you think are doing interesting things in the world, and then volunteer to help them. So if it's a professor that you think is just really interesting, say, could I come and do research for you on this project? Could I support a speech that you need to make, write some talking points for you? Or if it's a member of Congress, go and see if you can do some volunteer work for them. Or if it's a member of a nonprofit or somebody who's in a Bus, you know a business uh, setting offer your services if you can at all on a pro bono pay basis on volunteer basis at first and that's a much better way to begin to break the ice with people than saying can I have your time to talk about my resume and ask you for a job now you have to do that sometimes but um, the I think the best way to get started with someone you admire is to offer assistance and begin to help them. Who wants to turn down free assistance? Um, and then you begin to form a relationship with them. That's not about you asking them for things, but you asking, how can I help? How can I serve you? I'm very interested in what you're doing. And I respect what you're doing. That to me has been um, the way in which I have gotten to know people that then became lifelong friends and mentors and opened doors for me of all kinds. And it just builds on your interest and your passion and
0: your willingness to serve. There is such wisdom and such practicality in that answer. I I love it so much. (laughs) Okay. I lied. Can I ask you three really quick, rapid fire questions, just fun, rapid fire questions. Okay. So I like, I like to know the, you know, the full Melissa, not just the the, the personal or the wise Melissa. So when, (laughs) when, uh, when you shut down work for the evening, are you binging anything on Netflix right now? Watching any TV?
1: Oh boy. I have not been lately. But I tell you what, I'm a big documentary fan. And so I do go to, I think that whatever the tabs are on documentaries, and I will watch, you know, almost anything that is a good historical documentary. I mean, that sounds really boring, but I actually really Mm-mm. enjoy those things. And I usually try to watch something in my off time that is not at the middle of work that I'm doing. It's something, a sports documentary or you know a historical documentary about some part of the country and, and what they faced. And I really enjoy that.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, okay, my, my second question, uh, what's your favorite meal? You get out of anything right now. We'd oh, fly it into boy. D.C.
1: Oh, boy. Some kind of seafood. Mm. Um, I'm, I just grilled last night um, salmon on our, and I, I really, I, I could probably eat salmon every day of the week if I were <laughs> able to.
0: <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay, my actual last question. Okay. What are you most grateful for right now?
1: Oh, boy. Wow. There's so much. I am grateful to have a roof over my head and my family close to me. um, And my parents having gotten the first dose of the vaccine recently. Mm. All those
0: things. (laughs) Those are great things to be grateful for. Melissa, I'm I'm so thankful that you gave us a little bit of your time and, and shared your story. Uh, and your wisdom with us. Thank you. Thank you so much.
1: Well, thank you. And thanks to everyone.
0: I'm Jonathan Platt, and you've been listening to Direct Line Conversations, the podcast brought to you by Baylor Line Foundation. You can follow us on Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook. And if you haven't, hop on over to wherever you're listening to this and follow, leave a rating, and a review. It really does help. Join me next week for another Direct Line Conversation.